Hello, Jeff. Speaker. Hi, Jerusha. Sorry for that. I, my speakers failed out of nowhere, but now they appear to be working again. Oh, no, no. It does Um, You can hear me okay uh, now? Yeah. Oh, good, good. I was uh, sorry. I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, glad that it's all working now. Beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for having me today. Um, yeah, pleasure. Um, I'm just going to hit record now so I don't forget. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just thought i just like to let you know I'm pressing record. Uh, oh, it's already done automatically. There we go. <laughs> oh, Abby. Yeah, so uh, I'll ask you this question again when we uh, officially start the interview, but how are you doing this morning? Today, I should say. How are you doing today? Yeah, it's been a lovely day. It's been a really nice weather today. So, yeah. Uh, have you managed um, to, to get out so some union work and yeah so how's your day going oh thanks for asking yeah it's been good um yesterday we had judging of the young achiever awards for uh for victoria oh. for, for this current round yeah so that would have been a spy. Yeah, it was great. It was really, it was really inspiring. You're right. It was lovely. It was a oh. long, 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 long day. So I was feeling a bit drained this morning, initially. But um, but yeah, it, it was a great day. Something. It is yeah. a privilege to be part of it. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So um, what would you like to talk about today? I'd like to talk about you, Jerusha. <laughs> so uh, I've got your. Um, you know, nomination from last year here uh, and, you know, just a couple of small notes. But um, yeah. why did you ask? Because I, I did think it would be worth asking you before we get started if there was any specific topics that you wanted to discuss. Uh, not really. <laughs> um, it's your podcast, so you can ask whatever you like. <laughs> I mean, I am quite open to anything all right well uh i guess we'll just get started and i'll just ask you a few general questions and we'll see where it goes the yeah. good thing is annette uh who couldn't be here with us right now live but she listens back to the podcast and edits and uh you know does anything that is required so if at any point you know we are talking about something like as in as in we might say, oh, what do you want to mention next, Jerusha? What should we talk about now? She cuts that out of the podcast so no one would ever but, hear yeah. that. So she makes us sound Thank very good. Thank you, yeah. All right, let me grab my uh, notebook quickly. Just pop that. Sorry, Drusha, bear with me one moment. I'm sorry. No worries.
So I pull out my notebook and uh, finding all these little drawings from my kids. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely drawing. Hard to find a uh, spare page sometimes. They scribble everywhere. All right, here we go. Yeah, man. So I'll, uh, I'll do my own little intro. And uh, from there, I'll introduce you to, to join me. Um, yeah, good. And yeah. we'll just start chatting and just go from there, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Thank you, Annette. I'm doing well this morning. Actually, I'm going to have to start that again because she doesn't normally ask me. Thank you, Annette. Well, I am feeling pretty energized at the moment because just yesterday I was able to be part of the Seven News Young Achiever Awards judging for Victoria. Uh, to look at all of the semi-finalists that we've had uh, in this 2021-22 program. And whilst I wasn't a voting uh, member of the judging panel, I was simply helping to facilitate the judging day. Uh, it was incredibly inspirational. And I just had, would uh, love for everyone to take a moment, head to Facebook, Instagram, or our website, and check out the 7 News Young Achiever Awards Australia page. And check out all the finalists. There are just so many amazing people, inspirational Australians. And speaking of that, I'm really happy to be with our guest, Jerusha, for this week's dose of inspiration. Now, Jerusha is a strong advocate for the rights of people with disabilities. As a young woman with cerebral palsy, she's actively campaigned for the rights of people with disabilities to pursue courses and careers despite barriers. So, Jerusha, I could go on and on about uh, about you, but why not just welcome you on and, and say hello. How are you doing today, Jerusha? Uh, lovely to meet you and thank you for having me. I, I am having a lovely day in Melbourne today. Um, I am... <laughs> <laughs> really excited about this. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great, Jerusha. Thanks for I, coming um, on. I am having a good day. Yeah. Glad uh, to hear it. So, Jerusha, as I mentioned, you know, we had the Young Achiever Awards judging to, you know, uh, select the finalists for the you know, 2022 and and the winners. Last year, you were a winner in the Seven New Young Achiever Awards for Victoria, winning the Bridge Create Change Award. Can you tell us what it felt like, you know, before you were the winner, what it was like when you found out you were a finalist? Hmm, frozen, not good. Oh no. I've lost Jerusha. Annette, if you're listening back to this, hopefully she'll jump back on very shortly.
Oh, the, Jerusha, you're back. Just uh, make sure you unmute there. Yeah, it, it defaults to mute, unfortunately, when you join. Sorry, something happened. That's okay. I thought it was me for a moment because my internet's been playing up earlier today, but we're all good. Yeah. I might just uh, ask that question uh, again. I was uh, talking yeah. about judging, and I'll just repeat the question because Annette, um, you know, sometimes when it freezes, she may not be able to recover the audio, so I'll ask it again. So, Jerusha, as I was saying, uh, we had the judging of the Victorian Young Achiever Awards for 2022 yesterday. And, you know, this time last year, the judging was taking place, uh, but you were being selected as one of the finalists. So can you tell us what was it like when you found out that you were a finalist in the Bridge Create Change Award? Yeah, I was really, like, shocked. Uh, I, I, I never thought it would be me. Like, in the, there were many, many great semi-finalists in my category. And I was like so shocked, and I couldn't believe it. it was me because I never imagined like getting an award like that big and that special. So it, it was definitely one of the most um, memorable and life-changing moments in my life and I really, really am thankful for for you guys or uh, for this award and for honoring my effort in the community and for supporting me in my journey. But, um, sometimes it can be easy to, you know, just be, like, not fully appreciate what you do, you know. And when you get an award, it it really symbolized your effort mm. and your contribution to society and it makes you like more confident and more like you feel like you you want to do more for the community. And I, I am very humbled because I never imagined it would be me, especially when there was such a great candidate in the finalist list. And I, I was thinking that somebody else was going to get it, but um, being a finalist, it's, it's a big honor too. Um, yeah. So, no, that's yeah. great. And Jerusha, I found it so interesting that you said, you know, not only was it um great to be acknowledged for your work and kind of, you know, for you to feel 
um, that your work was being celebrated, but also that it inspired you to keep going? Yeah. I think there are some times where you feel a little bit tired and well because in, in my particular work, and there's a lot of opposition mm. in my particular work of field. I and sometimes it can be really challenging, like um really draining um physically and mentally. And I think um getting some sort of recognition really put me to do more and to stand up myself. And I think um I think being in front of a room full of so many people cheering me off that really motivates me as well because I think um um the the public really saw what I am doing and and some people supported me and some people like were cheering me off and I I thought that was, was wonderful because I I sometimes think that the 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 um the sometimes the voices in your head can be quite negative mm. and sometimes um you you do need support from the community and from your friends and your family to keep going and but I, I think the most important thing is to um really um try and try and be confident in yourself and in your in your work and um um getting this award was a huge honor and I never imagined it would be me so well you mentioned yeah. getting getting that support is really important and you know you also said that sometimes the voices in in our heads can be quite negative but unfortunately you haven't always had that support well, you have had support from, you know, uh, certain groups, but you've kind of faced a lot of opposition from some people. And I can understand why the voices in in your head would be having those negative thoughts because 
you know, you had been discriminated mm. against on the basis of your disability. Can you tell mm. us, you know, can you tell us what it was that this award in particular was recognising and, um, you know, it's the Create Change Award uh, and tell us a bit about what what that that story, I guess, uh, of, of you facing that opposition in, in your studies. Well, I... I um, am currently facing so many barriers um, into getting into medical school. Yeah. And some of the barriers are like um, uh, with people's minds and attitudes toward disability and I don't know if you've seen the TV show The Good Doctor Oh, The Good Doctor, yep I have seen uh, Yeah It's a little bit like that It's a little bit like, you know if you have a disability in medicine it can be a little bit, you know, looked down upon and not fully valued mm. and appreciated. And I I think um you you, you need to be strong and courageous and um you you need to have like a community of people who who can support you and really um relist yourself and um and your dream and I think it um, it's been a bit of a journey, and because there's a lot of policy documents that are really discriminated, and um, there's like a test that you need to do before medical school and that's a really challenging for anyone mm. like um disability or not so I sometimes feel like like how am I going to do this? Like, um, it's too hard or something. Oh, you know, like, but thankfully I have, I have a, a really good community of people that have, um, believe in me and 
تقول ضدني ذات ايفن تايم ويل ويل لوف اوبسيشن اني واي بيكوز اي هاد بول ماي ستاف تو ذا اند ذات اي It can be really hard in the setting who um, who um, really um, really um, get to your dream because you you're facing a lot of stuff there yeah a lot of um, opposition from the community and And also, not from the community, but from the, like, from the medical schools and from people who don't completely know you and your abilities. And, you know, it can be... um. really challenging and really hurtful and you're trying to make them understand but um, I think it takes time for them to understand so I'm yeah. currently in a process of trying to speak to the medical school in a formal setting And I'm planning to grow my camp and, and my position on this matter. So hopefully if I get more petition signatures, then we can really push the medical school for And thankfully, I, I know the people from Shame.org and they've been really helpful in trying to like navigate my campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah, thankfully, I know them. But yeah, um, It really um given me some level of influence. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's really cool actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're putting in a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, it's quite difficult, as you said, trying to get signatures and enough petitions to make a, a change, but... You know, I hope you you know that even though it is really difficult, that there's a lot of people who may benefit from your hard work that you're putting in now. Yeah, uh, definitely. And um, I've been doing a lot of campaigns. Like I've been working on um, uh, uh, one for um. 
dating for people with disabilities and I've been working on another one um, for packaging to make it more inclusive and to make it more like accessible because sometimes those yes and tin can be very hard to open. Uh, so true. I can't even op- I can't open them a lot of the time. <laughs> Do you know how many times I would cut myself on those tins? I think it's a good move <laughs> to make that yeah. easier to open. That's- Okay, um, it's really hard to open the and I've been trying to find that. So, yeah, I, I spoke to the Woolworths and Coles about the issue, and I'm trying to like monitor. They're like, I'm trying to push for change, but it can be really difficult because, um, 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 I'm finding it like they don't respond sometimes to my email, and it's really difficult, like, sometimes. We really need to like push them to do things. Mm. Um, for them to really understand the matter, I think they need to really understand that people with disabilities um would like to be independent, and you know, yeah, have a right to be independent. No, it's just, um, it's really tricky, like, it's really hard, like, trying to get them to understand. Like, it's just a simple matter. I mean, uh, everyone would benefit from it. Um... I think they need to consider that because you know when when you get like to a stage where you are old and you are your muscles grow a bit like older. You might have even more trouble, like, opening. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it needs to be considered. Yeah. Like, it needs to be, like, there needs to be more voice in the matter. And I think I, I could have, um, Worded that a bit better, but it's the truth, you know. I mean, like, um, <laughs> I mean, like, um, people, um, 
Jerusha, you mentioned a, you know, a campaign around dating for people with disability as well. Are these campaigns kind of, uh, you know, a video or a written, like you're writing to someone or what, is it, what does that look like? Well, I started a petition and I got a lot of media involved in this petition. So yeah. I, I am pretty lucky because I, I am working with with another organization to try and help me with things like media wise. Mm-hmm. But I I am also pretty lucky because I have like the photon change.org and change.org has taught me a lot about campaigning. Since I started, like, they gave me a lot of tips, a lot of advice, a lot, a lot of, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of motivation to do things. Um, yeah, it's been wonderful. Like, I've been learning things that I didn't even learn in high school or uni. Would really useful because I I think we need to be empowered to create change in in high school studying too and in primary school studying because um we're not really taught about like changing the world. Or changing policies, or there hasn't been like like a subject on the national. Mm. I think that's a really important subject to teach children and young people because um, they have the power to change. Things too, you know. So true, Jerusha. That's uh, you know, people often say the um that young people are future leaders, but I personally believe that young people are also the current leaders. And if we empower exactly. them, uh, yeah. So if we empower young people from an early age, as you say, in primary school, in secondary school, that may seem daunting to some people, but I think that's a a really good point by you. It's important to start young and give people that mindset of that they can create positive change. 
Obviously, yeah. I I remember in high school, I did a lot of campaigning too. But um, I I really wanted to do more in high school. Like, I really wish that there was a good code. They make it or creative innovation or something like that. Yeah. But there was no subject as that. Um, I think it would be really cool. <laughs> we had a subject like that. And that would like challenge your mind. Like, with James, and a very good thing about that is that when you are young, you have more ideas and more imagination, and you can use this young mind now to like to create and. Create even even better policies and even better like equipment and even better technology that could be useful in our future and that's what I really want to empower young people to do, like, I really want them to think about problems and how to solve this, instead of, like, thinking about the problem all the time, which we are taught about, like, problems. We are taught about, like, wars, and, you know, like, Historical facts, but um, we are not really thought about like change and innovation, and mm. you know, um, building better policies and changing the world and changing things like. Climate change and discrimination, and you know, all the big topics that um, children and young people um, can change and do have a voice to. Well, it's a good segue, Jerusha, because. Speaking of creating change and coming up with ways to solve these problems, you co-founded Doctors with Disabilities Australia and wrote an abstract for the Australian Doctors Health Conference. What was that like for you to kind of write that abstract? And uh, you know, was that a big a big moment? Yeah, I I have done like maybe that. So, 
I think in recent time I have written a response to the Australian Medical Student Journal. That's my most recent publication. But I think founding the public stability Australia was a really big achievement. Mm. And although I'm not part of the organization anymore, I think I learned some key leadership and take on that that I really carry today. And I make them really good connection with, with the doctor themselves. And, but I think I felt a little bit like I felt a little, a little bit strange because I wasn't a doctor and they were all doctors. And yeah, it felt a little bit strange and a little awkward sometimes. Mm. But I, I think. Uh, it was a wonderful experience, like, when I looked at but I think um, it, it was really hard for me to, um, you know, speak on that level with them because I was a doctor and they were all doctors and they were like talking about medical things and medical issues and you know, I was like, you know, why do you that sort of thing? But yeah, I just, um, I, I put it down to us anyways. So, I just, yeah, I think it was a wonderful experience, though, and the doctors were really nice people and really successful people, and I really learned a lot from them. But I think, um, would have been nice if there were like people like me that mm. I could relate to at that time and I couldn't find people like that because I think I found fear and because medicine is not very inclusive, 
I think a lot of the people get very well. Um, yeah, I bet. Um, um, they were good at the time. Um, they, they didn't really know how to defend themselves. And because the medical school is very like rigid in the thinking, um, you can feel that they're very like not very inclusive at the moment. I think um, a lot of people in my head would have thought, oh, how am I going to do this? Like, what am I going to do? I don't have a lawyer to defend me. It's going to cost too much money. It's going to cost too much of my time and energy. And many of them, um, um, won't support you know, um, to get into medical school. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's really difficult um, to find people like me who um, who want talent people, who want to like, who want to stand their ground and say, no, that's not fair. Um, we can do better. And because we can do better. And yeah, it's just a little bit like, you know what, like, I I think that, um, I think that, that a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of the time, you feel like um you feel like a little bit lost. Yeah. But I think um we're slowly getting somewhere in terms of like in terms of like push for change, like I think because I got the book from change.org, I think I, I, I can influence a lot now because I had that support. Yeah. And yeah, it does sound, uh, you know, quite difficult. And I, I really empathise with what you were saying about, you know, that sometimes you couldn't uh, understand what some of the other doctors were talking about because they're talking so technically. But then you have had that barrier to receive the same medical schooling. So 
that's really, you know, <laughs> such a difficult situation because if you had access to that, then you would be able to talk about that technical stuff with them. Um, so that's, yeah. you know, so important. These conversations that you're trying to push into the, you know, to people's attention so yeah. that you can get access. Um, it, it was really hard to find, like, people like me who, who wanted to get into medical court, like, yeah, the, because uh, a lot of people are, are like hold um, hold to do something else, um, and they're told to go another way, another direction, and um, I I know a few students have had. That wanted to do medical school, but um, because of the disability, they um, they were scared or hesitant to, you know, even go and ask for support, and I. I think even when you ask for support, they're like uh, a little bit inflexible in their way of thinking and in their way of, you know, uh, including students. And I think uh, when when I was in a meeting with the medical school, the first time, I remember I felt a little bit pushed away. Pushed and, away. you know, I didn't feel like they wanted me there. Like, they were, like, saying, like, oh, you should consider another career or you should do something else. Oh. Yeah, but um, the percentage of doctors with disabilities are very low in this country, like it's only 2% of people are doctors with disabilities in Australia. And that's not a lot. And we are the lowest representative in the medical profession. And yeah, it's just really challenging at the moment, but hopefully um, I can, you know, get somewhere. And I, I I am doing PhD at the moment, and it's been really going well. But I think um it's really hard because I think yeah 
I think I would prefer to get in medical school because I I like that environment. Like I like like you know I never imagined coming research to be honest. I always thought that I would be like uh um, you know, like working with people, and you know, because um, in research, it can be very like um, writing and reading and doing experiments, but um, in medicine. There are many like different faculty of medicine. Say this like radiology or this like psychiatry, neurology, pediatrics. Um, you you don't always need to go in the surgery line. You can do like many. Other faculties and and people with disabilities would be um, really good at that. And I, I I think I've heard of people even conducting like surgery um in in a wheelchair, and I think that's quite cool. So. I think possible, and there are many possibilities. Mm. It's a matter of getting into medical school. That's the um, um, A lot of people have this, like, a lot of people um, find it difficult to get in any way. That's true. So, um, yeah. Um, it's really challenging for most people, and yeah, I think I think there's also another faculty called uh, rehabilitation medicine, and that really flexible and you, you get to work with people with disabilities and that's something that I would really be passionate about because I I really like that like I remember going to the rehabilitation ward and being I, I I remember going to the rehabilitation ward and um picking the patient on this like supporting them with speaking to them and 
who are like social support. And I really enjoyed that. Like, um, it made me happy. And yeah, I, I think that the medical school needs to realize that, like, they need to realize the value of of doctors with disabilities. And, you know, um, include us. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, well, you're right. Sometimes people look at the reasons why it's too hard or why it won't work instead of the value that and the potential. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, some people do. Um, um, that's why it's important to challenge um, people's minds and people's views on things. Uh, because in rehabilitation medicine, you there's a lot of flexibility and you can work like hard time and you can like even doctors that work full time are like Pretty, pretty like mentally, mentally um not well. It's not well for their mental health. Um, some of those doctors are really burnt out. Um, that's why you see in the medical profession. A lot of depression and anxiety, and you know, a lot of um, because they don't have that balance between life and work, and and I think it is rational for for a doctor who wants to work. Had that work part, um, because okay, you have children, you, you need to look after children, or you need to look after them. So, yeah, so I, I think, um, those type of things can be can be not valued in the medical profession. And I think yeah, but we are changing it. Jerusha, I wanted to ask, um, you know, because from what we've heard uh from you today. You know, people are telling you, unfortunately, they're telling you no 
They're asking you to not follow your dreams and your passions. And I can only imagine that must be really hard. What's your advice for people who are get, you know, who get told no? Uh, well, my, my practical advice would be to start a campaign, like start a petition or something, and get people involved. Get a lot of people involved, like a lot of stakeholders. A lot of media, a lot of like, a lot of like, you know, um, um, government department, get them involved, and and get those people to write to like the university. And your potential workplace, or who is whoever is like you know, questioning the discrimination, and get them to question the system, and that was really great thing because that's how you create change. You, you probably pressure the policy makers and then they just realize that oh, this is important. Um, this is getting public so it must be important and and it must be like talk about more and change. And then what you do is you <laughs> you um you might want to get a lawyer involved, like you might want to get like a lawyer. There are many like three services that have lawyers. That you don't need to pay anything, you just write about your issue and you pay. And please help. And then they might join you. And then what you do is you, you, you might want to make, make a complaint against the body. And, and then you have a meeting, and, but I, I think the, the most important thing I've learned out of all is to, like, is to um, get public pressure, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Get the public to write about this. The medical school or yeah, whoever you are dealing with. Um, because people 
listen to public sex. More than just one person doing it. Like, you know, yeah. you can really like people like listening to a lot of people is dead one person. But I think um it is really important to to um to um get the public involved and uh like the community involved and just like don't give up like uh, um don't listen to those naysayers. Um, they they are talking from their perspective, and sometimes um their perspective can come from the place of the question or even like an anxiety or, or, or even like a bias or even like uh, discrimination and so it's, it's important to understand um, um also um be patient like mm. um you, you don't need to rush like um you don't need to rush like take your time and enjoy the process even though it can be challenging and it can be like for uh, enjoy it. and also um well also I think I created a letter for people to send to like parliamentarian I created a template and I sent it to the people who signed my petition and I told them, here the template, you can send it to parliamentarian or either or medical school or other groups or even like um um I I think that's honestly how you create change. Yeah. Because they don't usually listen to one person. That's so true. They, they want to listen to like other people on the show and get their voices. And 
Oh God, I think that happened to uh, one of the doctors in the world. Uh, Dr. Adams, he's the funny doctor and he's the clown doctor and he, uh, he um, had a lot of opposition, but um, he Hayden came to the courtroom and said, we want him as a doctor because he's a funny guy and he makes us laugh and he makes us grateful. And because back then, it was very different life. You couldn't make jokes, you couldn't laugh in medicine, like, it was very, like, quick and conservative. And it was all about study back then. But, mm. um, now it's very handy. Slowly, I tell you, but it's but I think we can learn from that, like, we can learn from Dr. Pat Adams. He was a clown doctor, one of the first clown doctors, and he made his patient laugh. Um, Enjoyed it in the hospital. And I think that was very influential because, because I mean, I think he would have had a lot of opposition and, and of, you know? Yeah. And True. But to that point, he followed your advice, Jerusha. You said earlier, don't give up, don't listen yeah. to the naysayers. That's what he did, yeah, exactly. Um, and and, and now he's one of the leading in the world, so yeah. Well, uh, I love that reference to Patch Adams because. You know, uh, I'm a bit older than you, but uh, I remember watching that movie growing up. So for any young people listening, oh. they might not realise that reference, but uh, it's a movie. They made it into a movie, didn't they, with um, Robin Williams? Yeah. I think um, there was a lot of um, controversy around that, actually, because I didn't... Um, the real hat Adam didn't feel he was fully heard in the movie. So, so yeah, there was a bit of controversy around. Really? That, but, I didn't know that. So the real Pat Adams. It, it, it was a good movie. It really like it was one of the best medical movies. I've ever watched in my life. 
because that I think I realized that um, medicine was not all about study and you know, work and you know it could be fun and it could be like more rewarding if you put the humanity in it. Like, yeah. And I actually want to be a similar a book. So, yeah. I, I really look up to that book that I like because I don't because like, I really like his personality. Um, I never want to change my personality, even though I go into like a medical scene or hospital scene, because I I know the value of, you know, of um, compassion and humor and fun in medicine. And um, that's what I always fought for in, in, in my medical career. Mm. Like, even research, I, I I don't have my obsession because my supervisors have most of the say. But even when I do research, I only make to expand and enjoyable in the future. And I I want to think about like fun ideas that can improve patient life. Um, you know, like like a hospital doesn't have to be a hospital. It can be like a, a like a fun place too. Um, where people should be able to um, embrace care and and be loved and be like cared for and and be like you know um especially if you you are in palliative care they should be like more the counties like it should be like more like entertaining and and more like fun and 
this should like play games and you know make it more interactive. I agree with that so much. Like, if you know that you haven't got long left, then wouldn't you want those last parts of your life to be really enjoyable? Definitely. It's a great point, Jerusha. Yeah. Some people are unfortunately um, given the opportunity, like, they're just, um, um, also, like, the hospital environment is sometimes very dark and the this could make it more like a, a living environment where they put like nice like room into and they could like put nice bed and nice like you know um um they should have a nice TV. They should have like more like um movies and games and you know like they should be like more like you know like um harmony I know yeah. ex- exactly what you mean. Uh, you know, my uh, when my wife was in hospital with the to have our babies when she was uh, uh, going through labor, there was a lot of waiting. You know, a couple of days the first time around, and you're so so true. It's boring. <laughs> there's nothing to look at. You know, there's not much to do. Um, and uh, you know, and a bit more of a sad example. And this is what you talked about with palliative care. My Pop unfortunately passed away um, last year, and uh, the hardest oh. part to see was, you know, his health had deteriorated. We knew that it wasn't going to end well, but it just felt so sad that he was in that environment, as you said, a dull environment. And if it was more like a living environment, like you suggested, I just feel like that would be a nicer experience for everyone you know especially when you know <laughs> that it's going to end that way anyway why yeah i just think you should be in charge of hospitals jerusha let's get you in there uh, you got great ideas I uh, thank you um i'm really sorry about your grand huh? um, yeah i do understand like uh, my my grandma died when I was young and I couldn't really spend time with her because she was in Sri Lanka and I, I really loved her much like I loved the personality and um yeah it really challenged me in the hospital environment. I think to be like a 
Pass the whole thing. That'd be much more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, if you no, I would do that. Like, I would. Get into an environment that would be more like. More better for people. Yeah. And, and their life. And, and you know. I would like try and include um community interaction with patient and their family and also I would give them the support they need to like be able to to um progress in into whatever they want to do and because um it is unfortunately a little bit um a little bit of a doubt environment right now. Yeah. Um, I was even thinking, thinking about that to my friend who the doctor in in London and he thought it was a wonderful idea. Yeah. Like if we make the hospital environment more like more like a hotel environment where we um we have more privacy and more more like you know like more care and more more like like individual attention and privacy and that would be really uh, beneficial for people in general because I think um, currently the hospitals um, feel a bit gray and a little bit down, like you said, and I would like to change that. Well, uh, I didn't I didn't say that, Jerusha. You said it. I was just uh, reflecting your words. Um, you know, you've got a lot of great ideas and, you know, you've, you've done a lot already to, to kind of create positive change and you're an inspirational <laughs> Australian, which is exactly why we have you on this podcast. But Aww. before we do wrap up, Jerusha, I did want to ask you, what is it that inspires you? Uh, well, what inspires me? I, I think um, this thing, this the People in the community like seeing them, uh, seeing them like um, fun things happening. I really want um to create change and 
really want to make things better for them and for the next generation. And I think that we all deserve our independence. We, we all deserve to be independent. And um, we, we really need to um, we, we really need to think about uh, potential solutions to problems instead of thinking about problems all the time. And I think that uh, people need to uh, like people need to challenge challenge the government of Helen University challenge supermarket challenge brand to be more inclusive mm. and that's really important because I think um yeah and that's what really inspired me and really motivates me to make a difference and to like do the work that I'm doing now. The most important thing that motivates me are other people and the people need support and sometimes the government doesn't realize that and um, we need to make them realize that um, we need to be heard. Um, um, even if this one individual still must. Yeah. Um, all people's lives matter. Um, I think, yeah, that's what motivates me. That's brilliant, Jerusha. Thank you for sharing those words. Now I'm here, I'm, I'm here writing some notes because you've got some just really eloquent words and ideas. And, uh, yeah, you've, I've really enjoyed this, this time chatting with you and, uh, and learning from you and being inspired. Uh, so thank you, Jerusha, for taking the time to, to spend with us. And, um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure for me. No worries. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful talk. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jerusha. So... Um, Annette will be in touch 
you know, a little bit down the track. Normally there's a couple of weeks delay between us recording today and the episode going live. So yeah, I'd estimate three weeks or something like that probably. So she'll she'll email you to let you know when it's going live. Um so Good. You can have a listen and you can let let people know that you're on it and have a listen as well. Um, which we'd love if you would be able to do that. Lovely. Yeah, I, I will if you send me the link and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly will in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah. So I'm sorry I have to get going, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's been so great. Yeah, honestly, I meant every word of it that uh, it was fantastic talking to you. Um, thank you. Thank and I think, you. Uh, I think we're connected on LinkedIn. Lovely so, that. Yeah, thank you, Jerusha. So it'll be good to follow your updates because I think we're connected on LinkedIn, if I remember correctly. If um, if anyone asks to how to connect with you to follow your journey. What, what do you think would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can probably email me. Email? Yeah, email okay. would be best. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much again. It's been a lovely chat. And, and I really look forward to listening to it. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, have a good one, Jerusha. We'll talk down the track. Yeah, thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. See ya.